When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. From the 5th Quarter Studios in Madison, Wisconsin, you're listening to Coach Unplugged. And now, your host, Steve Collins. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Coach Unplugged. So excited you decided to join us today. Uh, Before we jump in, we want to give a big shout out to our sponsors. First of all, Dr. Dish, the number one shooting machine on the market. I I think I've said, I I think I've gotten it down to about 18 seconds. I can take that thing down. It's unbelievable. We got the new one still playing with it. It's unbelievable. I love the little, the little um, clip on to your shirt that you can kind of run the machine from. It's awesome. My son loves that one. Um, mention coach unplugged, they'll give you $350 off. Also go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. If you're, if you're sick of zoom calls, if you're sick of, you know, diving everywhere and looking for what you need, our roadmap will help you become a better basketball coach. Um, there's lots of great resources out there, but a lot of them are run by people that are college coaches or do not aren't in like aren't teaching stats all day and then jump into the gym and have to deal with the everyday things 24 7 that a high school coach or a youth coach has to deal with so come over let me help you become a better basketball coach t2s.com let's head off to the podcast and it's difficult for me to be in a place where it's kind of like oh you guys are good that's cool like you know maybe you can keep it going but as long as you know we don't have to really, as long as you don't create any problems, you can be good. Right. But we had some situations where like kids started wanting to go in the summer into our team camps and wanted to do stuff in the fall and maybe not play football. And it, you know, we were a baseball and a football school first and foremost. And the, the interesting part of that is that my first year, believe it or not, my first year here, not that long ago at Turner Ashby was the first year in Virginia that coaches were allowed to do anything in the off season. Okay. That had never been allowed. So I come in, I'm having these open gyms. We're going to team camps. We're doing all this stuff. And then some kids were sort of defecting to basketball 
and it made it to be like, well, that's because he's, you know, doing all this stuff and talking him out of, you know, playing other sports. So I learned a lot about the politics of coaching <laughs> during that time. And ha- like, it, it was in a town that like, I wasn't from there and I was never going to be from there in some people's eyes. And a lot of the people that I was interacting with and, and maybe in some ways having issues with, like they went to school there, their kids went to school there. They've like, they're lifers. Right. You know? And um, rather than have any of that, like I didn't feel like we could continue to be successful because of some of the limitations that were being put on my program because we were becoming popular within the school. I just didn't, it wasn't a situation I thought would be positive for me. Right. I, I think I, well, here, first of all, there's a lot, there's a huge difference between the 12 inches on that bench. Yeah. <laughs> uh, sliding down 12 inches is a big deal. Um, As Bob Knight says, it's the difference between suggestion and decision. And that's a big difference. <laughs> My, my, one, my, one of my first assist, my first JV coach, basically he stayed for, with me for a really long time. He basically told me it was the best job in the world. We'd won a couple. He goes, I don't have any of the headaches you have, Steve. I have none of the, I mean, I get all the glory. It's great. Yeah. Um, I think, and this is just me. I think taking a head job, even if it's sometimes not the perfect fit, you learn a lot. You got to be willing to, you know, to find that that perfect fit but um you know there's lots of things you can do to get ready for that first job but until it's basically like you got to get thrown in the deep end you got to get through it you got to get through through it and yeah i don't it's not very often i mean usually jobs are open for a reason right so if you're yeah sometimes it's sometimes it's because like when i retire it's gonna be open because i retire that's yeah. cool. But there, yes, there's usually a reason and you got to do a little, I always tell coaches do some dig deeping into why, you know? Yeah. 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 So, I mean, I was willing to take any job at that time. Um, and for the school. So the, the guy that was my AD, he had been the coach for 18 years. So it was, okay. the program was kind of his baby. And then, um, his assist, his longtime assistant took over and had it for four years and it didn't go very well. And I think people were pressuring them to get someone outside of their network. And okay. they were like the only school in the area that didn't have AAU. All the other schools kind of had AAU feeders. And so that was something I had just built in Boulder. Um, it was called the Boulder Blaze. And I mean, we were, we were doing really well out there. So yeah, there were a couple of coincidences, I think, that led me to being a good fit. One of them was I wasn't from here. And people were pressuring them to, let's get someone else, like, outside. You, to be honest with you, that you were willing to fly in is, like, crazy. Like, Yeah. Well, I'm from Indiana, again. Like, <laughs> it's, it is what it is. No, I mean, um, it would be it'd be interesting in the, in the post-pandemic world if they'd make you do that. Yeah, I don't. I you could zoom now. I mean, there was no. Good. So when I when I got when I applied because I applied for when I moved and got to where I am in Madison, they wanted to do a Zoom call. It wasn't as called that at that point. And I said no. I'm flying. I was at grad school out in 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 New Hampshire. I said no. I'm flying home 
to do the interview. And the reason I did that, here's the reason I did that is I sell myself better in per. I mean, you can only do so much via this flat screen and in a zoom. I knew if I got in that room, I got, I got a shot. Like I can sell myself one-on-one with people. Um, so you got to kind of know yourself a little bit too, but being you being willing to do that and then being there like six feet from them is a big deal. I think. Yeah. I think that probably went a long way in showing them the passion that I was going to bring to the job. And right. I'm like yeah. you, I mean, I would have jumped in the car and driven all night if I had to. I mean, <laughs> right. I'm a golfer. That was, I'm a nomad. That was my thing anyway. So, um, cause I, I need to be in person and I, I'm not afraid to say, um, you know, I don't want this to sound cocky, but it probably will. But I also felt like I was interviewing them and right. that I needed to be in person and look them in the eye to you see. Also wanted to I, see I also wanted to see what the town, I mean, I was from Madison. I wanted to see yeah. what it looked like, the area around it, like how are, you know, what's the, you know, I, <laughs> you'll love this. With I, I drove around to see how many basketball hoops I saw on driveways. Right. Yeah. And I wanted to walk into the gym and see what it felt like when I walked in there. What's hanging right. on the wall? Do they take right. any pride in it at all? Like, right. A hundred percent. Yeah. 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 One hundred percent. Yeah. I think that's really important. Um, so, so then you were the assistant at the at the college level for a while then. Yeah. So um, I was an assistant for three years for Coach Dean at Eastern Mennonite. And we um, in the 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 ODAC conference, which is Old Dominion Athletic Conference, it's a Division Three conference here uh, in Virginia and in Carolina, like surrounding areas. I mean, it's kind of like the ACC of Division Three. It's a very, I mean, Randolph-Macon is the best team in the conference, and they've been number one D3 team in the country, I think maybe three out of the last four years. I mean, historically, we have like top five nationally ranked. Have they won it? Uh, well, they haven't had it now for two years, I guess. So they had, I don't know, Oshkosh, the we I would put the I'd put the Wisconsin league against them any day, probably. Yeah, the, on par, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah the we at well, look at all the you know the the Whitewaters, the Platteville's, the uh, um, Oshkosh. I think won it two years ago. Yeah, um, yeah. So interesting. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So they, um, I mean, to really to be. <laughs> To be top six in the ODAC, you need to be top 50 in the country. It's kind of, yeah. So I, I learned so much about basketball and it, it really, Coach Dean um, was the perfect person at that time for me to, to work for because he taught me so much about how to deal with all the other things that a coach has to deal with <laughs> yes. that are not basketball related. <laughs> And it was just, it was like getting a PhD in the politics of coaching and dealing with people. And I mean, I loved the recruiting aspect. Um, obviously loved coaching at the college level. It's, it's insanely high level. So were you in charge of recruiting? Um, I wasn't really in charge of any, like we did, we all sort of did it all. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, we would have little, little areas that were kind of our areas to recruit. And because division three rules allowed me at that time to run an AAU program. Like when we were, when uh, Eastern Mennonite was not in season, I was allowed to run an AAU program and coach it, okay. which if you I was a division one or division two assistant, you could never do that. 
Ah, okay. And can, so can I knew I was going to, what's that? Can you still do that? You can still do that. Yeah. Yeah. So I, my, I started my program, the Virginia blaze, which it was the Boulder blaze in Colorado. And now we're the Virginia blaze. Um, and it's going really, really well. We've put a bunch of kids at, you know, in college at the next level. And um, like, we've been having a really good spring. Like I said, we won a, a hoop group event, which was like a national event um, just a couple of weeks ago. So, um, but I knew I was going to be in the gym all summer recruiting. So I might as well have a team right. <laughs> to coach while I'm there. And I missed being an assistant. I missed having that head coaching. I missed that role. And for me, that was going to be fulfilling enough. If I could coach high level AAU in the summer, and be a college assistant in the winter. I mean, coach Dean, I could stop practice anytime I wanted or tell him I thought we should do this or do that. And he would listen. So I was very happy. Right. Um, but after three years, he retired. Okay. So he, he <laughs> typical of the D three coaching ranks. Um, he was offered a job to run the, the uh, County rec department, like all their sports around here. And it paid him significantly more what he was making. people don't realize being a division three basketball coach i trust me i make more teaching yeah. math than they do being a d3 coach to be Just honest for sure i mean there are some that make six figures and do really well but there are um, but they're but they're 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 the they're the, they're the outliers <laughs> yes 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 and so that kind of put me on the free agent list i guess um and in the meantime, my daughters have been at Eastern Mennonite School, where I coach now. They've been there since kindergarten. They're in fifth and seventh grade now. And uh, the gentleman who was the athletic director and the basketball coach there had been doing that for 22 years. And he wasn't quite ready to be done, but he was nearing the end. Okay. And his son had played point guard for my AAU team and um, was going to college and he didn't want to, you know, miss his games for four years. He wanted to go see him, which if he was coaching, he wasn't going to be able to do it. So right. we all kind of got together and had a conversation about, you know, whether or not I'd be interested in the job if it was open. And so then it was open and it was a pretty long interview process. It's not like, you know, they handed me the job. There were a lot of people that applied for it and uh, yeah, eventually got, and how long job. have you been there? Uh, so I've had three seasons there. I just finished my third year there. So two and a half. I'll count it two and a half. Yeah, that's probably that's probably more <laughs> accurate. Two and a half. Yeah. Uh, we played fourteen games this year. That's not bad. Uh, what What do you think is the hardest thing to teach? The coach. In, in basketball. Yeah, in basketball. Gosh, the hardest thing to coach. I, I mean, always I, a hard question for every coach. Cause it's like, I think there's lots of things, but what's right, it's what's so hard one? to narrow it down to one. I mean, I, I have a saying that uh, I try to live by is uh, I coach kids. They happen to play basketball. I mean, I think the hardest thing to coach is to, to coach people. It's right. not, I mean, you know, teaching the jump shot and t I mean, there's, you know, there's a lot of different ways to do it, but um, the human element is, is maybe the most difficult. Well, I think Bobby Knight is a prime example of you better change with the times too. Like, yeah, <laughs> uh, how you coach thirty years ago and how you're coaching now and how you're going to coach thirty years from now is going to be different. Everything, 
you have to adjust to the the clientele that's in front of you too i think um it, you definitely do and i yeah we're a private school so tr you know people transfer into play for us um that that is allowed at the private school like here private school and public school are not in the same division like in colorado it was all they were all together um, but colorado is an open enrollment state so you could go to any high school in colorado you want to you could just jump so, so in colorado if i started a school in october can i transfer to another school in november and start playing do i have to no stay? there's rules for like when you do it Okay. But okay. there's no rule for like you could go to Boulder High this year and you could go to Fairview next year, which is another school that's near there. But the only the only thing is if you're in your school zone, they'll provide transportation. Okay. If you're going to a school that's outside, they're not gonna provide transportation. Not gonna give you a bus. You gotta get there. And I think that they're now, I mean, I haven't been there for 10 years, but tuition. You might have to pay some tuition and then also there's waiting lists for certain schools so cool. you may or may not get in but yeah here i mean we've had kids to transfer in and i mean they kids come to our school for a variety of reasons so there's, so there's probably not as much hostility between public and private then oh there's yeah there is <laughs> okay i'm yeah, just saying i i see it in our state but we play we 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 play we play in the same like there's one state tournament for everybody Hey everybody hope you're enjoying the podcast please subscribe and like uh, no matter where you listen to podcasts whether you're jogging walking the dogs walking the kids playing at the pool uh, go over and subscribe apple would be great it's a five star <laughs> if you're gonna do a two star don't do it spotify or wherever you listen um, we would also love if you went over to teachubes.com it's what allows us to keep the lights on here and keep things at chugging um, so go over and check that out 14 day free trial uh, you know, everyone's got to work on their game and their craft, come over and help us. And then the last thing is if you're thinking of, um, looking for other podcasts, go over and check out high school hoops, um, and teacher side gig. Those are two other ones. And we, we might have a fourth one in the, in the tank, but we'll, we'll tease you on that one. All right, let's head back to the podcast. And it doesn't tend to affect the big schools. It tends to affect the smaller schools. So well, it would be worse for sure. If we were all competing for the same title, Right. But it, it, it's as bad as it, when a kid leaves a public school and comes to your private school, um, you're still going to have to deal with the same. It's the same, same issue. issue. Have yeah. to, you know, yeah. um, and that's that's an unfortunate part yeah. of it. I, I mean, my, my theory is my theory is a kid should be able to go to school wherever they want. That's my theory. Yeah. But anyway, uh, what um, do you have a coaching failure or something that you that's happened in your career that would be a teachable moment for a young coach that's listening could be a success i guess too i usually just ask for a failure but could be a yeah. success <laughs> well i think for me when i was younger and and like i talked about with my first coaching job here um you know when i left i left before like my relationships were still intact and I'm still very close to a lot of people, um, you know, that I met when I was there. Um, but my relationship with admin was shaky at times because I felt like I had to fight a lot of battles to, right. and I wasn't smart enough to understand 
you know, it, it's that whole thing. I'm trying to think of how the quote goes, but fight the ones that are big enough to matter, but small enough you can win type of thing. Right. I mean, I've just fight all the battles right, and try to win them all. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. wasn't smart enough to understand that sometimes when I win, I lose and all those type of things. So yeah, it was just all the non-basketball stuff that I didn't understand what a coach has to deal with and go through and how important, like I'm the type of person that hasn't, you know, perception doesn't mean a lot to me. Like I don't necessarily care what someone thinks about me. I'm not going to go out of my way to, to fake it, to have them love me for something that I'm not. Right. Um, I'd rather be hated for what I am than love for what I'm not kind of thing. But um, perception is very important in, that position and well it's a political position some some young coaches don't understand yeah. if, if you're the if you're in the you know seventh least popular sport they're not going to care quite as much but if you're the football right. coach you're the basketball coach you're the baseball coach it, it is a little bit of a political position i've had a hard time explaining that to some of my assistant coaches sometimes it's like um i don't know it, it you're out in the community and you're yes. magnified is basically what I tell them. Yeah. And I'm, I've had the, you know, the things that uh, every coach has had where I've been out to dinner and the table next to us was talking, talking about me sometimes positively, sometimes negatively, but didn't know that I was right. sitting right there. You know, sometimes right. my daughter would be with me and like, we're standing at the deli counter one day and this lady's on the phone, just railing on me. Right. And my daughter was like six and she figured out who the lady was talking about. And she was like elbowing me. And I'm just, I said, it's part of the deal, honey. It's, it's okay. You know, but um, I think I've grown. I mean, I still have, you know, still learn every day, but I've, I've grown in those areas just as you get older and more mature and go through things, you understand the importance of that part of the job. Yeah. I think, I think that's a good, uh, I think that's a good thing for um, for coaches to to understand. Do you have any superstitions? <laughs> yeah, I sure do. I mean, I'm a golfer, so <laughs> I I don't uh, I don't you know I have to have blue Gatorade before every game, um, and I you know once the the tip goes, then I open it and I take a drink, but going back to my time, um, at that, at that first job that I was talking about. So we were in a stretch where we weren't playing very well. And my sister-in-law bought me a sweater for Christmas and I wore the sweater to the game and we broke our win streak or broke our losing streak and got a win. So okay. I'm like, all right, I'm not washing the shirt and I'm wearing it the next game. <laughs> so we win the next game. And then well, now, you know, the rest of the story, like, so this thing, I mean, I was having to put it in the dryer with like six dryer sheets to keep it, you know, from stinking or whatever. Um, but we ended up rattling off six in a row, which was like the longest win streak that school had had in a long time. And the paper actually wrote an article about the lucky sweater. And uh, people had joked that, you know, my, my wife, my game. wife threw out a suit once. It was so bad. Like I <laughs> I went to dry clean it. I went to, she says, this is done. We're throwing this out. <laughs> the worst one is I, um, the, my, one of my undefeated seasons, it was like 26 number threes at McDonald's or something. 
<laughs> literally like by the 26 one i take a bite and i throw the rest of it out like i feel bad about wasting food but it was like oh my god but we kept winning it was like don't mess with it i love that um all right so let's go let's do rapid fire so what's your favorite brand of basketball i like the evolution okay yep uh one word to describe your ideal player relentless okay i think i know the answer to the next one one sporting event you go to one sporting event what would it be the masters i know i figured that was <laughs> i've had that i've had that a couple of times today with the other coaches what's your favorite pre-game or post-game meal um I, i'm big on uh pho vietnamese okay vietnamese noodles yeah I'm big on pho love pho after after a big win nothing better Okay. What does your game normal game day look like? Not this year, but your normal game day look like? Just routine wise, you mean? Yeah. 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 Well, teach all day, um, you know, because I'm a teacher. So um, I, I'll teach, and then yeah, if it's a home game, we're gonna have the team meal sometime around four o'clock, and then uh, you know I'll, I'll get the get the scout written up on the board and that type of thing. And you asked about superstitions earlier, like for me. Um, it's more of a routine than a superstition, but I, I like to sit down, you know, as we put the 20 on there and warm up start, I like to go in the office and sit down and write all my, all my play calls out on a, on a note card. So it just gets me thinking in the right way. And, and, you know, think just gets the play calls kind of in my mind or whatever. Um, that's part of my routine. So yeah, then coach the game and, then it's like, I, I don't know about other coaches, but I, I come home after the game and upload the film and sit down and watch it. Like I can't. Oh, you do. See, I don't. I have to. So that's I the can't. one night I, I won't do it because I'm too emotional about it. I do it the next day, but I, 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 I will turn on the news. I'll turn on Netflix. That There's two nights that are easy. Well, that's not an easy night, depending on whether we win or lose. But the night before... Like if we play on Friday, Thursday night's easy for me because I can't do anything. I'm done. Like it's yeah. I was in I was in the barn at that point, you know. What am I gonna do? Um well we do some I do something that I call OER. It's uh overall efficiency rating. It's a plus minus thing that I've developed over the years and it it spits out a score for me um that tells me and I put a lot of weight into it. Um, it can't tell you everything. It can't tell you if a guy's getting his doors blown off defensively or right. you know, missed an assignment or whatever it is, but I will sit down and do the OER. There's very, there might be two or three games a year where I don't watch the film that night, um, regardless of what time it is. But that's just the games where like, if we win like 90 to 24, right. I'm, I'm not, I'm just on to the next, but right. Otherwise, yeah, I've got to sit down and go through all that. What do you think is one important coaching technique? Well, I think the most important thing in coaching is, is relationships and relationship building, um, whether it be with your players or like I've said, trying to learn how to grow in the, you know, in the other areas that relationship, because you need every single person in your school and in your community with two hands on the rope pulling in the same direction, or you just, if you don't, you better have an overwhelming amount of talent to be able to get it done. And 
we've been lucky enough. We've been to three straight final fours and, and back-to-back state championship games um, for a little school like ours. And we're, you know, on paper, I mean, we lose the eye test. We always joke that, you know, lose the eye test by 20, lose warmups by 10, win the game by 15. Like you look at, I us, love that. You look at I love the other that. team and you just think like, this is over. We have no, we have no chance. Um, right. But it's not track and field, it's basketball. And so, right. but yeah, the relationship part, not, I coach, I coach my kids really, really hard. I come in every day. I mean, again, I'm not a yeller. I'm not a, a cusser. That's not my thing. I think when you do that, at some point, you know, you have to continue to do it. And at some point, that's all you do. Right. Like you start you. down the road. You know and, I'm telling you. Yeah. And so, but I, people complain nowadays that you can't coach today's kids and you can't push them and you can't. And I, maybe I'm just the luckiest guy in the world and I just coach the greatest kids every year, but I don't see it that way. Um, but I, I do think that it's more important that they know that you care about them and have their best interests at heart and that you have a relationship with them that can like bear the weight of that truth that you have to share with them on a daily basis. Right. Whether they're not getting it done or they're not good enough or, you know, what else, like a sacrifice they need to make for the team. Right. You know, or something like that. Um, that all boils down to relationships. Yeah. I agree. And I coach kids. They happen to play basketball. basketball. Uh, <laughs> describe your perfect player in five words or less. Oh my goodness. I mean, I, <laughs> I have a, a group of kids here, some of them that play in college and stuff, but we joke all the time about like, like what the word Hooper means, you know, like if I say he's a Hooper, then he has the stamp. He's a Hooper. Um, but I, I, I think on my, I can pull it up real quick on my uh, AAU Twitter bio. Um, you have the five words that you use to. So motor. Okay. Skill set. Clutch. Toughness and mindset. Okay. Uh, best basketball player of all time. Best of all time? Let's see. I mean, I got to go Jordan. Like, okay. favorite of all time is obviously Larry Bird. But, <laughs> um, yeah, I recognize, you know, the LeBron-Jordan argument, and I just think the errors are too different. But um, the best never, I've ever seen. Never, he never even got to a game seven, I don't think Michael did. I mean, he, he never lost the final. He never he, lost the final. I mean, I watched my Pacer teams have to go against him and everything. In my mind, he's the best I've ever seen. I think uh, uh, most used basketball resource. Twitter. Okay. Uh, teach one skill. Uh, if you could only teach one skill, what would it be? Shooting. Uh, shot clock, yes or no? Absolutely. A charge circle, yes or no? Yes. If you change one thing about the game, what would you change? <laughs> uh, if the ball gets stuck in the crotch of the rim, it should be defense ball. Period. That's a good one. I'm going to add that to my. I'm going to add that to my. Um, my. It shouldn't list. go to the arrow. <laughs> it shouldn't go to the arrow. I love that. Um, uh, quarters or halves? Quarters. Okay. 
Um, one word to describe your coaching style. Fast. Okay. Best basketball coach of all time. I'm going to say, uh, since my dog is named Izzo, I'm going to say Tom Izzo. Okay. Uh, best team of all time. 76 Hoosiers. Can't argue it. <laughs> Jump ball, yes or no? No, and we played without a jump ball this year. That was the COVID rule. It's one of I'm gonna I'm gonna add the other one you had too, but I'm, jump ball is I don't I don't know why we have it. The visiting team should just get the ball. Let's go. Right, and, and, and here and here's the reason: if you're in the NBA and you jump ball everything, great. The officials are good at throwing it. I don't know about in Virginia, but the officials in Wisconsin can't throw the ball up. Well, we never won it anyway because I coach a bunch of midgets. So right. for so me, I, just, I think it would make the X's and O's really good. So that's one of my moves is like, I'm going to try to get rid of the jump ball. It's an I'm on board with that. I, I am totally on board. It's not a, yeah, it, you're right. It's not a consistent. It's a, it, well, and the thing is, so you're going to do it at the beginning of the game and then you're going to do it in overtime. The guy's thrown the ball up maybe four times all year and he's going to throw it up in overtime. Right, right. It's like, come on. It should just be alternating possession. Visiting team gets the ball to start. Yep. Trust me, the X's and O's and the coaching things that would happen would be great. But anyway. Well, I loved it this year. Yeah. I know. I think so, too. All right. My last question, my last question always is, what's one bit of advice you'd give your younger self? Um, there are no little things. There are no little things. There are no little things. It, we, we had a quote that we not this year, but the year before that we, if you're, if you're too big to do the little things, you'll be too little to do the big things. And just kind of that whole mantra of like how you do anything is how you do everything. And that like Brad Stevens talks about it a lot that like, if you consider the consequences of not doing the little things, you realize there are no little things. Like it just, it all matters. You know, the habits you have when, when it seems like it doesn't matter, end up being the habits you have when it matters most. Like there are okay. no little things. I love that. That's a great, that's a great way to end coach. Thank you for doing this. I really do appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for everything that you do for the basketball community and your passion for the game and for learning and, and sharing. It's, it's really unbelievable. Well, thank you. Hey, everybody. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you love it and you want to support us, go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. 14-day free trial as we talk. Subscribe, like, jump up and down, do whatever you got to do. Those Apple podcasts mean a lot to us. I read every one of them. Have a great day. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.